Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and it is so great to have you listening to our program here today. If you haven't done so already, follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Blue Devils your first listen when it comes to everything about Duke. On today's show, Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer and the Durham Herald Sun will join our program to talk about this football season five games into the year. His likes, his dislikes, what he's been impressed with about this Duke football team as we get going here in 2021. Big game coming up this weekend against Georgia Tech, and we want to say thank you again to Bryce Kuhn from GoJackets.com for joining us on yesterday's program. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. It means a whole lot when you take time to do that. And uh, I'm very grateful. Five Star Friday shoutouts are very much a thing. We're getting ready for another installment of Mailbag Monday. So any questions that you have, feel free to send those over on uh, Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils or LockdownBlueDevils at gmail.com, putting all those together so I can have a Mailbag Monday edition of the show coming up soon. Without further ado, let's grab a quick break. When we come back, Steve Wiseman joins us here on Lockdown Blue Devils. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor-created, doctor-recommended, and works for up to seven days per use. Dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It is featured and tested on The Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. You know that this is legit. A bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews manufactured right here in the USA. Sweatblock obviously helps folks that have trouble with the pit stains. Excessive sweating is something that not everyone loves to talk about, but Sweatblock is here to help you out. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Welcome back into the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson, and on today's show, I'm excited to bring back a good friend of mine, Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer and the Durham Herald Sun. First visit for Steve since uh, right before the football season got going. So here we are, five games into the year, excited to hear what he has to say about the Blue Devils through the first 20 quarters of the season. Steve, I'm grateful for the time. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, doing well. You know, got some football going on, basketball getting going. So it's a good time of year, a busy time, but a fun time. So let's Let's talk about football. Obviously, the Stuke football team uh, finished the non-conference portion of their schedule with a 3-1 uh, and one record. I want to talk about your assessment of uh, the non-conference play from Duke. Yeah, you know, 3-1 and one is kind of what I projected they would be in non-conference. And, um, you know, I thought they would beat Charlotte and maybe lose to the Northwestern. But, hey, you know, that's how it worked out, right? So 3-1 and one is, is, is what is what they, should, they probably should have been. And that, that's okay. Um you know, I know that the loss of Charlotte will sting and it will continue to, and especially if they come up, you know, be a 17, maybe by the time the year's over, that's really going to hurt. It's going to bite them. But I think they learned some things from that. Um, I know that, uh, talking to some of the coaches, that's one thing they have told me is that's what they hope is that, you know, things didn't work out that night, but maybe that's going to lead to a win down the road sometime. That's all they can hope for. But the, um, the offense is, as, you know, for the most part, shown to be. 
you know, uh, better than last year, a little more reliable. Um, the running game is strong like we thought it would be with Mateo Durant. Holmberg's been a pretty accurate thrower. Uh, uh, he's had a couple interceptions, caused a couple fumbles, but still not to the degree we saw with Chase Bryce last year. So right. that's helped. That's helped a lot. Um, you know, the defense has had it's had its moments, um, and many of them bad. I mean, they've given up a lot of explosive plays. Uh, they, they've gotten better the last couple of weeks. The defensive line is um, uh, seems to be maturing, and they're getting a little more pressure on the quarterback, which which should help in the long run. But, uh, but again, um, three and two now. Well, if we were just talking about non-conference, so let's just talk about that first. Um, yeah, so that I think they they out of the non-conference season and, and learned some lessons about who they were and got better home in the offense, which they had to do going into ACC play. Steve Wiseman joining us here on the program, talking about uh, this Duke football team at this point in the season. I love that. You gave us a big rundown of, of really this team so far through those non-conference games. And looking on the defensive side of the ball, you brought up the defensive line. Uh, I want to talk about the secondary and linebackers as well. If you had to say the strength, the position group that's really stood out defensively for the Blue Devils at this point in the year, what group would that be? Um Kind of by default, I'm going to say defensive line. Okay. Okay. Um, now, Shaka Hayward, linebacker, is one of the top tackle. You know, is leading the ACC in tackles or right, right at the top there. Right. Um, so that's that's been good, um, it, but he's been, uh, you know, the other the other linebacker spot, spot hasn't given them as much as what he's given them. So uh, I'm going to go with the defensive line because we didn't know what to expect from them, right? And Dwayne Carter. Is playing like he's going to be a guy who's going to play in the NFL someday. Like we thought that would be the case with him. We talked him up in the off season. He came to media days, and you know some of the plays he's making. Uh, particularly, I think the, the, the Northwestern game in the fourth quarter when you know the quarterback got free and gained about twenty yards, and you know uh, uh, Dwayne recovered from missing him at the line of scrimmage, chased him down, stripped the ball away from him to force a turnover that did that in Duke territory that really was one of the biggest plays of that game with a lot of Duke to win. So that's the kind of stuff that goes above and beyond, you know, a guy up front, you know, pounding people. He's he's making athletic, smart plays. And um, so I think his play, I think Ben Fry has been active. He's got a few fumble recoveries. Um, you know, we're seeing some things from uh, Nia's Peebles. And uh, Gary Smith came back from injury. He made an impact when he came in and played against Kansas. So, um, yeah, I, I think – so far, I'm going to give them um, a lot of credit for, for for what they've done, and and particularly the last two weeks here that you know getting five stacks against North Carolina was a big deal. That's what they had needed to do in that game was get pressure on Sam Howell. Uh, there's other reasons why they lost, but the, the yeah. defensive line did their job that day. Let's keep going through, and again, we can now include the the North Carolina game, which did not go in Duke's favor, 38-7, the final score in that one. You look at the linebackers, you mentioned Shaka Hayward and how great he's been in terms of getting the tackles for Duke and being there at the top of the conference. The rest of that position group, how would you assess their play? Yeah, I'd give him a C, you know, maybe a C at best. Um, Shaka gets an A because of what he's doing. Right. Exactly what they wanted him to do, right? But, but, uh, you know, Dorian Mossy has started there a lot, and you know, they lost some players from last year. They had some departures at, at in the linebacker slot. I thought Syed Stevens was going to be the guy there, and he's playing more as a reserve. He just didn't play well enough in the preseason you know, work to get win that job. So right. um, uh, it's just 
a little tick shorter than what I think they need there. They need some some better um, coverage on on those medium routes where the linebackers get involved in pass coverage, um, and uh, so that's left Duke a little bit vulnerable. Uh, besides, you know, outside of the play of Shaka Hayward, which has been tremendous. On to the secondary. What do you see, Steve? So the problem I have with them there is they're just um, they're, these explosive plays. A lot of times, uh, I've noticed the the safeties of the cornerbacks are in position to make plays on the ball. They're, they're not, you know, just flat getting beaten. They're two, you know, two, three steps behind the receiver. They're usually right there, but the ball comes, and somehow the offensive player ends up with it every time. <laughs> and um, it's like they're not, they're not properly making a play on the ball. And, you know, you can do everything right, but if you don't do that at the end, you know, it's a 40-yard catch or a 50-yard catch or whatever it may be, and that's you can't have that. So, um, you know, we're not seeing the interceptions. You know, they, need, they need more turnovers being caused. That's not happening. Lummy Young's had his moments. He had the big sack against Northwestern, the sack and forced fumble on a blitz play. Uh, he's had the interception um, in that same game. So it's not been all doom and gloom. But just as a group, they're not making the impact that I thought they would because there's a lot of experienced guys back there. We talked about Young and Josh Blackwell. Uh, these guys have played a lot of football, even though they're coming off injuries. Right, but they're back healthy. They're just not. They're not. They're not getting the big slice we thought they would. We'd have from them, and that needs to change. Today's show was brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything that you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On Blue Devils in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action that you need here in 2021. With an updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Also use promo code Locked On From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Steve Wiseman is joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Duke football 3-2 and two out of the gates and 0-1 in conference play following a uh, pretty bad loss to North Carolina. What went wrong in that game, Steve? Because following along with the football game on Saturday, felt like Duke was in it at the start and uh, really a big play, the fumble return by North Carolina's Trey Morrison, I think kind of just swung momentum entirely in Chapel Hill's favor and uh, the Tar Heels were able to take advantage of that. What, what else went wrong for the Blue Devils this past Saturday? Yeah, you're right about that play. That was the turning point of the game. You know, Duke was in in Carolina territory, couldn't get anything done, and that really is what happened throughout the game as far as the offense. We, the offense had been highly productive in its first four games, uh, even the last two against Northwestern Kansas, which are you know Power Five teams. So you're not talking about um, you know smaller schools that were doing that too. And uh, but for some reason in this game that they just could not win the individual battles, either on the offensive line or the receivers getting separation on Carolina's defensive backs to create explosive plays down the field. Duke had, had no downfield passing game, hardly at all. They only uh, completed three passes of 15 yards or more in that game. One of them was the 80-yard you know, touchdown pass to Jalen Calhoun, which was a, you know, a short 10, 15-yard catch, right. and then he took, took it to the house. So that tells you they just weren't, you know, uh, uh, got a home, but didn't have enough time in the pocket. Uh, to, to, to go through his progressions. And if he did have the time, he didn't see the people open down the field, so he had to try to tuck it in and run. Or, so that, that just took away from all the momentum the offense had because they got into to Carolina territory quite a bit, especially early in the game, and could never come away with points. They could never get – they had plenty of chances to take the lead, and they couldn't do it. And so the defense actually played well enough. I know they gave up 38 points, but they played well enough with pressuring Sam Howell, getting, you know, forcing stops uh, to, to win that game or to keep Duke in that game. It was just the explosive plays they gave up, particularly the too late in the fourth quarter when the game was pretty much decided. Um, I, I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass on that. But the, for the most part, they, were, they played well enough to, for Duke to win that game. They just didn't gain support from the offense. Let's, uh, let's go a little further with that, with this offense discussion for Duke football, the pass game versus North Carolina, a game that means so much uh, to the fan base on both sides of this great rivalry. So you mentioned Gunnar Holmberg not having a whole lot of time in the world to operate, making it a little bit more difficult for him. But also looking at this contest, and we mentioned the big momentum play with the fumble return for a touchdown, Steve. The first nine or ten carries for Mateo Duran, I think he was averaging well over ten yards a carry and then sort of slowed down a little bit. Was that due to trying to incorporate the passing game more frequently because you are behind? And so often in football, when you get behind, you turn to trying to throw the ball? Or what was the biggest difference in Mateo Duran after what looked like a really, really impressive start and looked like, hey, if Duke wants to win this football game, they need to feed Mateo Durant? Yeah, I mean, with the first play, he broke loose for 37 yards yeah. or whatever. So um, that's exactly what you know, they wanted to have happen. And, you know, a lot of times I think they were trying to get the downfield passing game going because Carolina was really kind of selling out to stop the run. Uh, that they, they realized, you know, Mateo's he's as good as what we thought, you know, early. And so they, they started stacking the box a little more. And then, again, it goes back to winning your one-on-one battles, right? And so um, that didn't happen as much as the game went on. Um, you know, he uh, – uh, they felt like they – you know, that, again, throughout this season they have – Use the play action fake quite a bit, and it's been effective because Mateo Durant's so good. Right. Uh, and yet, it didn't work as well in this game. And again, it goes down to guys, you know, a lot of times those guys on the edge are on one on one coverage uh, when the other team is stacking the line to stop the run. So you just got to win your battle and get open. And 
It just didn't happen enough in this game. It, it happened in earlier games. For some reason on this day, they couldn't get the against Carolina. Steve Wiseman is joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils today. Always grateful for his time and insight with this Duke football program as they get ready for their second ACC game of the season this Saturday, hosting Georgia Tech, a team that beat Duke by over 20 points a year ago. When you look at this matchup, what what do you see, Steve? Well, they're going to have to deal with uh, you know Jeff Sims, who's an, uh, um, an active quarterback. Right. Uh, they can't let him get loose. They did a good job against uh, Kansas. Kansas had a similar quarterback. And they were able to to contain him for the most part and win that game fifty-two to thirty-three. So uh, they have some experience doing that. But you know, George Tech's going to have a better offensive line than Kansas did. And so again, we talked about the defensive line earlier. This is going to be on them. This is this is their chance to really step up and do something. And we're going to see if they can do that and if that uh, defensive secondary can get some things going. And then we, what we don't know also is, you know, Georgia Tech's defense. Pretty much shut down Carolina the week before when they beat them, right? And then went to Pittsburgh and just got ran out of the stadium last week by Kenny Pickett and that crew. So I don't know what to expect from Georgia Tech's defense. And so um, I think Duke will be able to move the ball against them. But again, you know, they didn't do it last week uh, against <laughs> Carolina defense to give up 45 points to Georgia Tech right. the week before. There's <laughs> um, not a lot of from week to week knowing what to expect here. So. That makes it a little bit difficult in the Coastal and the ACC as a whole. But, yeah, that, that's, those are kind of some of the things we're looking at. Again, you know, they need to, they need to establish the run early. And, and, um, and then if Georgia Tech does stack the line, they've, they've got to be able to complete those passes on the edge uh, to guys like Jake Bobo and Jalen Calhoun and, uh, and then maybe get the tight ends involved a little bit. We'll see what happens as Duke gets ready for a game versus Georgia Tech. You look at and you mentioned that North Carolina game uh, that the Yellow Jackets played earlier in the season. I'm so puzzled by that, Steve. Right? Because you look at the numbers going into that contest. Georgia Tech only had two and a half sacks the entire season. Walk away with eight of uh, UNC quarterback Sam Howell, and so you thought the the production from Duke's defensive front would have been a little bit greater versus Sam Howell. And then you also have to worry about that defensive front for Georgia Tech, who obviously couldn't get the job done a week ago versus Kenny Pickett. But North Carolina was able to give that Duke offensive line fits, so you wonder what the Yellow Jackets front will do against uh, Duke's starting five there on the line. How critical will that be on Saturday? Incredibly critical. And, you know, part of the thing – you know, the offensive line had a couple of penalties. Um, I know Jacob Monk had a false start, a key uh, Good you know, point. A, a yeah. step back to drive. Um, Jack Willabaugh, who, who had missed a lot of practice the week before, was able to play starting this Carolina, should be back on the starting lineup this week. And he's a veteran center, but, you know, he had that play where the entire offensive line jumped off, off sides or, you know, false start and didn't snap the ball. Yeah. Everybody was ready to run the play except for the guy that had the ball. Yeah. And, you know, those are the things that I know in practice on Tuesday that that the this coaches were really harping on. There's a lot of these we haven't talked about penalties yet, but Duke's one of the most penalized teams in the ACC, and that's a big a big problem. They they can't win that way. This is not a program with four and five star players that can out you know athlete people. Sure. They have to play smart. They can't hurt themselves with turnovers most, but penalties too. That's just as important and. That's been a problem, and so that's one thing I know, those details they're really working on this week. Steve Wiseman's joining us here on today's program as we're wrapping up with him, and always grateful for his time. Make sure you follow his work for the uh, Raleigh News and Observer and the Durham Herald Sun. Talking about the ACC, five years, or five years, five weeks 
into the season, Steve. It's when you start to kind of look big picture towards the end of the season. We're so quick to kind of jump to conclusions and that sort of thing. But uh, from the football perspective in this conference, what's impressed you? What are some of your bigger takeaways? Well, I've been I'm really impressed with Wake Forest that they've started five and zero. Right. And nobody can deny that they what they've done and they've they've really asserted themselves and they stayed close and became their coach. They've gotten better every year, and now it's really you know they got a lot of those super senior guys that came back to play for them this year. And that's, that's made a difference. They're, they're, they're a step ahead of where they were last year and they were pretty good last year. So um, that's been impressive. Uh, NC state, you know, knocking off Clemson. Finally, uh, the loss to Mississippi state by NC state was, was unfortunate and they played really poorly that night. So we're not talking about a super team here, right? But this is 2021 ACC football. So there's really no super teams here. <laughs> And um, so I think, you know, that when Wake and State get together in November, I guess it is, uh, that will be one of the biggest games in the Coastal this year. So I have to give credit to both those programs for kind of stepping in and filling that void that, that Clemson has left in, in the Atlantic Division. And then, I, you know, Pittsburgh mentioned how great they played against Georgia Tech. Uh, they went down to Tennessee and won. Now they followed that up by in classic ACC-style stubbing their toe against Western Michigan. So, Hurts uh, hurts the conference and hurts them, but uh, but they're playing better than anybody in the coastal right now. Nobody, I don't think they can argue that. And so when they play North Carolina coming up here, I think that's in November as well. You know that'll be probably the game that that made the cycle win the division on that side. Yeah, no, I'm excited to watch all of this and see how it all plays out because obviously Clemson's the biggest story nationally, not living up to standards that they've had set for themselves for the past few seasons. So really curious to see how these next couple of weeks go. Again, Steve Wiseman's joining us here on the program today at Steve Wiseman NC on Twitter. Had a really good story earlier this week that I enjoyed uh, reading myself where you got a chance to sit down and chat with Wendell Moore about the upcoming basketball season. Uh, tell me about what else is coming uh, from you, Steve, and, and where folks can find your work in particular. As you mentioned at the start, basketball season's right around the corner. Yeah, um, we're you know getting ready. ACC uh, Media Day for, for basketball coming up here in Charlotte on October the 12th. So we'll have a whole group of people there you know, cranking out stories not only about our individual teams teams in the triangle but the ACC as a whole as we look to this you know this season and um, we, we have lots of stories we're planning on uh, you know about Coach K's last team uh, starting with a big package that'll run in uh, early November right before the first game but we're working on those stories right now so uh, you can look for that at newsobserver.com or perilson.com is our, our two websites and uh, uh, yeah I'll be probably writing something pretty soon here about Paula Bancaro uh, uh, who's going to be the big freshman on the team. That's probably the next story I'm working on trying to get that done. Perfect. Can't wait to read it. And, again, thank you so much for the time today, Steve. We'll be sure to uh, talk to you again sometime soon in basketball season, okay? Very good. JJ. Hey, glad to do it. Take care of yourself. That was Steve Wiseman joining us here on today's show. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Steve Wiseman NC. Really enjoyed talking with him about this Duke football team at this point in the year. He's right. This is one of the most penalized teams in the ACC, and that is certainly something that Duke is going to need to correct as they continue throughout this season. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. We're back tomorrow with another exciting edition of Locked On Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.